thanks praise band and Aaron and it's good to be here today and uh, remember this week as Gus prayed for our uh, uh, team that's doing mission work I also pray for our Southern Baptist Convention that uh, pastor's conference starts tomorrow and then Tuesday and Wednesday will be our convention and just we uh, want to pray that uh, God will use that and not as just a business session but a session that will glorify him uh, and spread the gospel. So uh, today, before we begin, I'd like to pray for our convention as they gather together uh, from all over the country and all over the world uh, in New Orleans to, uh, to meet and make plans for, for spreading his kingdom work. So let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for this day and just for the opportunity to be here in your house to worship you. And while we gather here to, to get today, Lord, we know that uh, uh, parts of our our family, uh, Southern Baptists, are gathering together and coming from across the, uh, the world to, to meet uh, in New Orleans to, uh, to do business, Father. But we pray that with all the issues and all the different things that are happening in, uh, in our world and in our convention, Father, that the, the main thing that will happen this week is that Jesus will be lifted up and you'll be glorified in all things and father we just pray for the pastors the messengers those who are who are meeting we pray for safety uh we pray for uh father that you'll just uh, be with them and the father that they'll also have a time of uh, refreshment uh and a time of inspiration father and we just uh, lift them up to you today especially uh be with us as we gather here today we pray lord you'll just open up our hearts and open up our minds to to hear from you and father we love you and we praise you in your name i pray Amen. Uh, today we're going to be looking at a passage in Matthew 11, uh, verse 28. If you'd like to go ahead and turn that way, we'll, we'll be there in a few minutes. But uh, uh, as you look that way, I just want you to think a little bit. You know, you know. I think as we sing, we sing praises to God, and we just appreciate our, our band and, uh, and Aaron and all the things that they do every week as they lift up praises to, to him and lead us in, in worship. But one thing that we, we know God is good uh, through all the different things that go on, but also uh, we know that in the world we live in that life just doesn't always seem to make sense. Uh, and sometimes in our lives uh, when, when things get uh, tough and things get hard and things just get kind of out of control, uh, I think all we can do is just uh, uh, look up to Jesus and say, just, Jesus, hold me. Uh, be there with me. Uh, one of my favorite singers uh, of all time, uh, a few years ago, passed away. His name was Rich Mullins. Some of you may remember uh, Rich Mullins. He was a Christian singer, and he made a huge impact on people. Uh, uh, by the way, he lived his life, but also by the songs he wrote and he sang. And one of my favorite songs uh, there's a part in the lyrics that says this. It says, sometimes my life just don't make sense at all. The mountains seem so big, and my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, for I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've thought about that song and sang it in my head or listened to it when I've had a, a times in life that were a struggle, that times in life where I had an important decision to make or something was going on and I found myself in the midst of some type of crisis or some type of things that are happening. Uh, and uh, you look up in the mountains and they seem so big and our faith seems so strong. Uh, <clears throat> and the, th the thought of climbing those mountains are terrifying, isn't it? Uh, you know, I really enjoy mountains. Uh, 
Uh, I said in the early service, I would love to, I'd love to live in the mountains, but I also love the beach, so I'd love to live in a mountain that overlooks a beach. Wouldn't that be a great place? Uh, we just found it this past week. We were in Hawaii, so, uh, uh, and, and so it was just a wonderful thing being up there seeing uh, God's beauty in the mountains, but also looking down and seeing this beautiful blue, blue ocean. And, uh, you know, this, this past week, uh, Jan and I got to watch the sunrise from 10,000 feet, uh, from Mount, I had to practice this, Haleakalia. I think I got it right. All right, so uh, uh, it means the house of the sun, and uh, you had to make reservations months in advance to be able to drive up 10,000 feet to see this beautiful sunset as it first hits the uh, uh, sunrise as it hit the earth, and uh, uh, we did drive up those 10,000 feet. We didn't hike. Uh, uh, I do love to hike. Uh, in fact, when I was in college, I did a lot of hiking. I hiked in the Rockies at uh, a time when up and uh, went to Yellowstone and w went to some places like that and did some hiking in the mountains. Uh, when I lived in Arkansas, uh, we were I was an assistant scoutmaster for uh, my oldest son Ross's uh, scout troop, and uh, we did a lot of backpacking. We backpacked in the the, uh, the Ozarks, and we backpacked in the Washita Mountains in Arkansas, uh, and uh, had a great experience climbing Antana Pine in Jasper, Arkansas. Uh, it's the, one of the highest peaks in, in the state of Arkansas. And when you get to the top, beautiful meadows, and uh, you got to see elk and all the, the different things that go. Uh, Jan and I, and Mark, and my brother and sister in law were able to. Uh, two or three years ago to hike up to Angel's Landing in Zion National Park, a uh, 5,700 feet hike with switchbacks up and up and up, and the last part you had to hold on to some chains to get up, and they had a little sign there that told how many people had fallen to their death, and it was, you know, they had a place where they could scratch it out and add one more, so uh, uh, we... We made it to the to that, and we didn't quite get all the way to the top, but we made it up most of the way. And uh, uh, you know, I think many of you, and we've been in the the, the uh, Great Smoky Mountains, and uh, uh, you know, we've uh, you know, if you go up around Gatlinburg and in Tennessee, it's just beautiful uh, scenery as you go through there, and and you know. And so it's true when you when you hike a mountain or when you climb to the top of a mountain, it's, it's a wonderful experience, uh, but it also can be exhausting. Uh, uh, it can wear you out. So, but you know these aren't the type of mountains that Rich Mullins was thinking about, is it? Yeah, he's not talking about these beautiful mountains that we enjoy for pleasure. He's talking about the the mountains of of pain and stress, uh, confusion. Uh, the spiritual weariness that we sometimes have, all the different things that go on when we face these crises in our lives. You know, it might be an illness. Uh, it might be some type of family problem that you've gone through, job situation, uh, some personal issue that causes some spiritual issues in your life, maybe with school. Uh, there's all sorts of mountains that just sometimes make us tired and, and make us weary, and it wears us out. Uh, I know we've all been through that, and I, I imagine that many of you have been in those circumstances. How do you deal with a mountain that's looming in front of you, and you know you've got to get to the top or get to the other side? I, I think many times we just kind of rely on just trite sayings and little thoughts as Christians, and we throw out those little words that we use all the time, and uh, as some people call bumper sticker theology, you know, uh, uh, life is a bed of roses, uh, the sun will come up tomorrow. Don't worry, be happy. Remember that song? 
Anybody my age? Uh, uh, you know, uh, God's got this. We, you know, we're quick to throw out all these little these sayings. That, and there's an element in truth in, in most of those. Uh, we say them to ourselves, and we say those to others with this, this little glimmer of hope that, uh, that it'll be a Band-Aid to help take care of a wound. But sometimes it's more like just trying to put a, a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Just not good enough, is it? Uh, there's lots of damage, and there's lots of pain. Uh, and we hope that it'll fix it, but it rarely does. Have you ever been there? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? You know, there's a lot of struggles. Uh, uh, have you ever looked life square in the eye and have it just growl back at you? Uh, you know, it's not always fun and it's not always easy. But Jesus was acutely aware of that's where the people that were he was around and that he was dealing with were dealing with in their lives. Uh, and in this passage, he told them, he said, come to me if you're weary, if you carry a heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. He extended this invitation to those who were exhausted. Uh, he extended this invitation to those who were just worn out. He extended this invitation to those who were seeking truth. And you know, the first century Jew... I think they understood and related to God through the law of Moses. So during that day, the law was all about thou shalt not. There were some heavy burdens. The law was heavy. The law was burdensome. Trying to find God and searching for truth in all situations, whether it was joy or whether it was in sorrow, was an ordeal for them. Uh, Christ realized that those in search of the truth, those that were searching for God, those that were seeking rest, those that were searching for the good news, they could find it in him. That he was everything they needed. And he knew that. And he was trying to explain to them how they needed to figure that out. And I think that's true today. I think he knows that we go through a lot of those same things. We have those same struggles. We have those same things that go on each and every day in our lives. And we need rest. We need him. We need him to be there for us, to give us everything that we need. You know, when you're in need of a day of rest, what do you do? You know, when you get home from work, the very first thing you do, are you one of those people that just need something when you walk in the door, or do you just keep going? I mean, I'm, I'm one of those, I, I, I like to, first thing I do is, you know, the clothes I wore to work usually come off. You know, it's take off the jeans, take off the slacks, take off the dress shoes, put on the shorts and the t-shirt. Uh, some people say comfort clothes. Uh, I try to get out and get in as comfortable as I can, and then there's that recliner, and just sit there and kind of relax. You know, there's something therapeutic. There's something about cleansing, about taking off the dress stuff and putting on the comfortable things. You know, our kids, I think, could teach us. They have things the same way. Their favorite blanket, their favorite stuffed animal. Or maybe you do. You may have that. You may be one of those Linus people that carry your backpack with you everywhere you go. Uh, you know, Ellie, our, our granddaughter's favorite's fluff. You know, she don't go to bed without fluff. Uh, and if you if she spends the night with us and she doesn't have fluff, we're making a trip over to get fluff so she can sleep. Uh, you know, there's certain comfort, there's certain peace, there's certain ability that finds rest with something that's familiar. And for those kids, it's either their blanket or their uh, or their stuffed animal. For us, it might be the clothes that we wear or, or the comfort that we put ourselves into when we're stressed. Uh, 
But Christ's invitation for each of us is to experience that same familiarity that we have with those things to him. To find that same peace, that same comfort, and that same rest through Jesus Christ. You know, so he speaks to these people in a way that they can understand. So in Matthew chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 25, he says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little, peop- little children. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the, cho- the Son chooses to reveal to him. And finally, the verse we're going to focus on says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, he he spoke to them in a way that they understood. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. They live in a culture where they understood what it meant to have a yoke. They understood because many of them had oxen and they they depended on them for for carrying their burdens and carrying their, their... their places from place to place. And, and a yoke was necessary pr- to provide guidance. A yoke was a harness that, if used properly, would ease the burden of the load of the oxen carried. So a yoke could either be burly, uncomfortable, and binding, if it was used in the wrong way, or it could be made to prov- provide a smooth and easy fit to help ease a load. So Christ is offering us, and he was offering to them, the benefit of that yoke. He was offering them the benefit of a smooth, easy-fitting guide that would bring them comfort and rest. The only way to have an easier burden is to submit yourself to Jesus every day in every way. And I think that's what we need to think about today. You know, a great deal has happened over the past uh, few years, especially the last couple of years, uh, that we need comfort and we need rest. We've seen our family and our friends sick and battling uh, through many things. You know, we've seen a world that seems to not know right from wrong. Uh, We see attack on so much that we consider important to us. We see so many people fighting for so many things, uh, fighting for what they believe, but also fighting for healing. Uh, You know, I think through life, the different mountains that we all face and the struggles that we all have, I think we could all relate to some that... That, that really impact your life. Uh, uh, I think one of the most challenging uh, times that changed my life more than any was when I was in college. Uh, it was a long time ago, but it's still very clear today. Uh, my roommate uh, was my closest friend. was named Steve Holly. Uh, Steve was a, a just great guy. We lived together and just enjoyed uh, our time together. And... Uh, uh, Steve was, I was best man in Steve's wedding, uh, and Steve was going to be in our wedding. Uh, but when he was preparing for his wedding, he went to a, just a routine dental appointment, and then he was going to have his wisdom teeth taken out, and they found a, a little spot that they tested, and it ended up being oral cancer. Uh, he was preparing for his wedding, uh, uh, went ahead and had the, the surgery, which was uh, pretty intense, the surgery, uh, and they removed all the cancer, which, which meant they had to remove part of his face. It was pretty intense. Uh, uh, but 
they, you know, they sent him to Texas, and they thought everything went well. The family had hope for a recovery, and uh, we all hoped, we all prayed, we all uh, thought things were going to be better. Uh, soon after he and Jody were married, uh, the cancer came back. It was more aggressive than ever. Uh, the family, especially Jody, his wife, you know, they had faith, and they believed that he was going to get better. Uh, we all did. Uh, I mean, by the way, he was a believer. Why wouldn't he get better, right? Uh, they did all they could, but this mountain was too big, too big for them to climb. Uh, and Steve died that year, you know, and we all had to ask Jesus why. Uh, you know, it was, there was discouragement, there was anger, it was exhausting, uh, and the only way we could have comfort and peace from it was through Christ. So many unanswered questions, so many things that we just didn't understand. But however, the bottom line is, Steve had a strong relationship with Jesus, and we all had to have the faith to know that he was completely healed. Uh, you know, we've all probably gone through something like that, hadn't we? Uh, maybe with a loved one, with a friend. Uh, and sometimes all we can say is, hold me, Jesus. Be there for me. Uh, uh, so many people are searching for comfort and peace. And the answer is right here. Our comfort and peace come from Christ. You know, it's hard to imagine the physical, the emotional, the, all the pain and the toll that these past few years has inflicted on so many different people. You know, I think we look at it and we think it's not supposed to be that way. Uh, you know, now more than ever, I believe people are in need of comfort. Now more than ever, they need to understand what Jesus is saying when he says, take my yoke upon you. Now more than ever, they need to, to utter the words that Rich Mullins wrote. Hold me, Jesus, for I'm shaking like a leaf. What mountain are you climbing? What mountain are you in the midst of going up, but you don't have the energy or the strength or the power to get through it? What's taking place in your life where you need to sit down and just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, hold me. Uh, you know, I think so many times we feel like we're so self-sufficient that we refuse to cry out to God and ask Him to hold us up and to help us out. What makes us so prideful that we refuse to admit that we need God's help? I don't know about you, but you know how I was raised? You can do anything you want to do. When you get up in the morning, put on your jeans, put on your shoes, and go do it. Right? That's how I was raised. But you know, sometimes you can't. And sometimes you need someone to help you. Uh, and, and so as we go through the different struggles and we go through these mountains and things that go in our life, sometimes we're just too stubborn to admit that we need the, the yoke of Jesus to lead us and guide us. You know, there's a story. I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's made up or not, but it's a story about Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was flying to one of his engagements, and, you know, Muhammad Ali, the greatest, he was pretty cocky. Uh, and during the flight, the, airlock, the aircraft ran into some foul weather, and it was turbulence, and it began to toss about. And the passengers were all uh, asked to take their seat and put on their seat belt, and everyone complied except for Ali. And noticing this, the flight attendant went to him and said the captain's order was for everyone to take their seat and put on their seat belts. And Ali auditionally responded, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant didn't miss a beat. And she said, Superman don't need no airplane either. So uh, 
sometimes we're like that. We think we can do anything we want to do, and it doesn't matter what anybody says or what's going on all around us, that we have the strength and the power to do whatever we need. Uh, you know? It doesn't always work that way. Uh, too often we have that attitude. I don't need any help. I can do it on my own. I'm just fine. You know, there are many that lived during the days of Christ who thought that way. They, they thought they understood how to, to relate to God. They didn't want to hear about the new covenant that he talked about, the relationship that he had with him. They already thought they knew truth. You know, when we're in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the struggles and the different decisions that we need to make, all those different things that cause hurt and pain, uh, the question we need to not ask is why. We need to ask who. Uh, who? It's about Jesus. Searching for truth and seeking answers can be exhausting, uh, which is why Jesus says, Come unto me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, because I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You know, kids and grandkids, you know, they're not bashful about coming up to mom or dad or grandparent and saying, I'm tired, would you hold me? Hold me. Uh, our kids can teach us a great lesson when they crawl up into our laps, when they seek the refuge that comes from being cradled in your arms. Uh, we sure to learn from them and say, Jesus, hold me. Hold me, for I'm shaking like a leaf. You be king of my glory, be my prince of peace. You know, I, I see churches, and I see denominations, and I see things that are happening that, uh, all around the world. I see so, so many of them have abandoned God's word. Uh, you know, that's one of our prayer for our convention is that we stay true to God's word uh, as a convention and as a church. Uh, it, so many churches are trying to fit into the world uh, instead of teaching what the Bible says. Uh, you know, our country, I think sometimes we look at it, we feel like it's lost its moral compass. Sometimes I wonder if they've lost their mind, you know? Uh, you know, even in our world today, our sons and our daughters and our family members, mothers and fathers are still being called into active duty to serve and go around the world where there's, rumor, there's wars, and as the Bible said, rumors of wars. Uh, members of uh, our families are all fighting disease, cancer, heart disease, other issues. So over the past few years, with all the things that happened with COVID, uh, Many of you are facing decisions about your career. I know so many students are trying to figure out, God, God what am I going to, supposed to do? Uh, we're trying to repair so many relationships that are broken. It might be a relationship with friends, maybe a relationship with a spouse, or even a broken relationship with a child. Uh, you know, we grieve the death of our loved ones, whether they're those who died four days ago or four years ago. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really important for us to look at what God's trying to teach us here. And we need to lean on Him. It needs to be all about Him. Uh, you know, we, as we search for truth, as we look for peace, we need His guidance. You know, I mentioned some of the, the climbs that I've been on. Uh, you know what the best part of a climb is? A lot of people say it's the effort. It's to put in the one step in front of each other to get there. Uh, tell you a quick story about the Antana Pine in Arkansas. Uh, we, Antana Pine's a, a, a trail up in the Ozarks that goes up through uh, uh, the, almost, almost to Missouri, and it's a beautiful, beautiful climb up. 
uh, you get about halfway up and you rest because it's a pretty tough climb and there's a big rock that's called the uh, the BFR, the big fat rock is what they call it. So you get halfway up and you sit on the big fat rock and rest because the toughest part's coming up. And then you get to the to, toward the end. We we were we were doing this hike with a, taking a bunch of bunch of our uh, our boys and they were they were doing pretty well at first. You know they were excited. They were tromping up the hill. Then we got it a little bit harder and it got slower and you had to edge them on. Then they got to the big fat rock. And they all wanted to sit there. That's where we usually ate our lunch. And they all ate lunch, and they wanted to take a nap. They wanted to rest. No, we got to get to the. We got to get going. We got to go on. And they didn't want to. One little boy in particular, he was the last one, whole way up there. You could tell he was. He was not into backpacking. He was not into hiking. He was not into anything outdoors. But uh, he struggled. And all the boys would go back and get him and try to help him along. Uh, and then at, at Antana Pine, when you get toward the last part. The last part's about like this back wall. It's not very high, considering how far we went up. But when you got there, and to get to the top, you had to climb this wall. Uh, you had to find the ledges. You had to hang on the trees. You had to get up, and he got there, and he just he wasn't going to do it. Uh, and it was either, well, you're either going to go up, or you're going to stay here till we come down, because we're not staying here with you. you know? So we had to help him. You know, you had to get behind him and push him up to this ledge, and then you get on this ledge and help him over to this tree. Then you climb up to this limb, and then you get back on this ledge, and you get to the top. And it was a struggle, but several of the boys were trying to help him, and he was just, I mean, red-faced, struggling to get there. And, and then we got to the top, and he finally made it. And he walked over to the edge, and there's this big meadow with elk grazing in it, and he's standing there looking, and I looked over him, and I said, was it worth it? And he said, yes, it was worth it. All the struggles that we go through, all the things that we go through, it's worth it. But the best part of each one of those climbs that I mentioned, whether it was the Rockies or whether it was this week or whether that we were on or whether it was the climb day in Tanapine, it's when you get to the top. When you get to the summit, and you can see everything that there is to offer. And I think that's as we go through the struggles and we go through the mountaintops of life, sometimes we need all the help we can to get there. And when you get there, you can look out and you can see God and say, it's worth it. Yeah, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of struggle. But, you know, it's worth it for God's glory. You know, we're searching for truth. We're looking for peace. Uh, Eugene Peterson, who translated the message, uh, uh, said it this way. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you want to live freely and lightly? The way we do that is to turn it all over to Jesus. We were, Jan and I were on a, a trip this week. It was our anniversary trip, and many of you know, we, we, we've been in Hawaii. Uh, it was beautiful. Everything that they say about Hawaii is true. Beautiful place. 
But every day as we drove from our condo to town to do the things that we did, we passed a guy. Uh, he was there every morning, and he was there every evening. And he was sitting on this rock wall in this chair with a big sign that said, I'm Jesus, no religion. And, you know, I really regret that we didn't stop and talk to him. We, we, we mentioned it, you know, uh, but we were busy doing our thing. But I wonder what's going through his mind. I wonder what he really means. I'm Jesus, uh, no religion. My first thought was, what an arrogant, crazy guy. And he may be. I don't really know. But then when you think about it, you know, we're all have Jesus in us. Uh, he's there. He wants us to be there. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to call on him. Uh, and he doesn't want even our religion to be a burden. He wants everything to be free and light. Uh, and so in the world that we live in that's so messed up, it seems like, and there's so many struggles in our lives and in your lives and the things that we go through and the pain and the hurt, how, does, how is that possible? Only one way. Turn it all over to Jesus. And even with that, we can get through the struggles of life uh, and get to the summit to where we see everything he's got for us. So I challenge you to, to live your life uh, and not try to avoid those things that happen because bottom line is you can't avoid them. Uh, but learn how to cope. And the best way to cope is to take the yoke of Jesus and learn from him. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you so much for the day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here to worship you. Father, help us to live our lives each and every day. Uh, even through the struggles of life, uh, focused on you and how you're going to lead and guide us. Help us to learn from those things. Uh, help us to grow through those things. And Father, I pray for this time of our service, this important time of invitation. I pray that if there's a man or a, a woman or a child that's here, that Father, if they don't know you, I pray that this time your Holy Spirit will speak to them and let them know how much they need you so they can lean on you. Father, maybe someone who just, that's here, that's just has these mountains in their lives and they're too big for them to, to climb, help them to know that you're there with them, that you'll help them to the summit. Father, we, we just uh, come to you now and ask you that if those decisions need to be made, that you'll be with us and help them to be made today. Father, we, we love you and we praise you and we give this invitation over to you. In your name I pray.